I do have a little help on it, not with you. Um, I have been... Um, yes? Ever since I updated to iOS 14, yeah, my apartment Wi-Fi will not connect to my phone. What? And I, we have oh. terrible service here because it's on a busy street and we're in like a concrete building. And so I have just, anytime I'm home, I don't have a phone. Like I don't, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. Well, what, you don't have like data, like, like LTE? I have data, but it's like, I only have one bar of LTE. Oh, I see. Are so, you, so have you made, got a phone plan like in Tennessee or are you I still like on like a mass plan? What does that even mean? I have Sprint, dude. Nationwide, bro. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how you think phones work, but... I, I don't... I, actually, I don't think I know how phones work, uh, to be honest. <laughs> I was just, talk, I was just was talking... like very tepid understanding of how yeah. plans work. I was just talking to my dad about, like, retirement plans and everything. Um, and he, he was... Like I was throwing out all this like vocabulary, think like no, thinking I know what I'm talking about, and he's just like correcting me on everything and yeah. being like, "That's not what Shut that up, is." Up and up. Like, yeah. So, um, I also have a PM my confidence my is really high. So because um, I have had it's like allergies are kicking back up right now. Yeah, and I've had this like congestion headache that's just been brutal for like probably we're going on 72 hours right now oh jesus and so i think i'm just gonna take benadryl tonight and just get fucking whacked <laughs> the old uh, ben benadryl and a little bit of whiskey and uh should set me right because i, took, I know i like literally went to walgreens and i like talked to the pharmacist and i was like hey like this is the trouble i'm having and she uh gave me like essentially sudafed and she was like, this should help if it's just congestion. Yeah. And she was like, it's basically acetaminophen and, um, and like a, a decongestion. And I took that like probably two hours ago and it didn't do shit. So I was like, all right. It looks like we're going for the, uh, the Benadryl tonight. The good yeah. old drill. Or the, the Walgreens drill. The yeah. Walgreens drill. <laughs> I, I stand at the Walgreens. I was actually a part of uh, Occupy Walgreens. Um, <laughs> I didn't like the 1% milk that they had. Uh, now they like starting out the show with a good uh, George and Gill reference. Yeah. Well, welcome to Tone Stone Podcast. Picture this. I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. This, it may be a very packed podcast, or it could also be... Um, segmented into multiple episodes. We don't um, it, happen. Yeah, we for a while. We're planning on watching uh, the Celtics, which uh, is on within the next probably twenty-ish minutes, um, where we will stop for a little bit, watch, probably pick back up at halftime. Definitely do afterwards. Um, so this is going to be a wacky one. It's going to be awesome for Duncan to edit. Uh, edit. So you're welcome. Um, have a great day to Duncan. I would like to begin by um, talking about the our most our last episode recorded, um, which was very lopsided in terms of co-hosts. Yeah, it was, it was not very co-host heavy. No, um, 
I, I want to formally on said podcast uh, thank Duncan um, mainly for not only using uh, and throwing my entire full name out to the world, <laughs> but also my girlfriend's basically her full name out to the world. Um, I have tried to ke- keep anonymity in, within my life and within the podcast, seeing as though I, I am a, a teacher, a public servant. Like, I don't want – maybe one day I'll run for office, and Duncan just aired my dirty la- – like, basically aired my dirty laundry. I should have just given your social out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I have only been setting myself up for failure in terms of, like – like, again, like, if I ever want to be a public figure and this podcast is out – like, it would ruin me. But the fail-safe, the safeguard, was that I never gave my full name, and Duncan has. Uh, yeah, no, um, I apologize for that. Um, but also, I somehow don't think that anything we've said on this podcast is, like, really enough to get us canceled. Like, I think there's, like, a couple... Uh, there's a couple things that, like real far ends of the spectrum could like yell at us about but i don't think like your normal rational person would be like oh yeah yeah i mean but, um but so let me get back to it um so i thank him for again you know putting a, a name to the face um but i also really appreciated all the words you had to say you got very sappy and heartfelt which i in, it thoroughly enjoyed um because it made me feel warm and special and made me giggle um it was i did have a moment while i was getting into that i was like am i gonna cut this out and then i was listening back to it and i was like i might cut this out and then i was just like "Eh, i don't know like i stand behind it so like it's not like anything i don't if it was like some bullshit or like if i felt like people if i felt like it was a side of me that people didn't necessarily like understand that i had then I think I might have cut it out, but I was like, everyone knows me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you sold yourself short on a lot of things. You uh, are a great human being. I don't want to get too deep into talking about you because um, I have what? I have about another uh, 10 months to prepare for your Dear Duncan yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I'll save, I'll save that <laughs> for 10 months from now. So tune back in 10 months from today or whatever to listen to, to the second, to the, uh, the, the sequel to the Dear Jackson uh, podcast episode. Um, but uh, you, you sold yourself short a little bit. You're there. You're definitely like gas pumping me up, maybe gaslighting me a little bit. Um, which I, I'm, I'm never going to, you know, uh, you know, push back against. So, um, you are of the uh, small, the small minority who enjoys being gaslit. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I was listening to it while playing Warzone, like, oddly enough. it was I was listening to you play Warzone and talk about me while I played Warzone. Um, there were points where I was like, uh, what? Like, I was like, what did he just say? Not, like, that there are any bad things. It was just like, wow, like, this is, like, an interesting, like... It was an interesting, like... I think it was interesting for me to to do it alone but then i think it was also interesting for me to just speak and i think it was a good expose into kind of like how i think about things mm-hmm. oh yeah we were all in your up in your brain yeah yeah it was very much like oh i think there were a couple people that were like whoa and there were a couple people like yeah that's exactly what i expected yeah exactly um 
Yeah, I, I will say that the the next closest thing to listening to um, a, a, a best friend talk about you um, in like a positive way is like, you know how like you're at the doctor's office and your mom is just telling the doctor what's wrong with you and like going into like, he eats very well, you know, he yeah. does get outside, we put suntan lotion on and you're just sitting there with while your mom tells the doctor right. everything and you're just like, yeah, I do that. That's the closest, uh, it, uh, like the the closest experience I have to listening to the podcast about me is um, I'm a mom in the doctor's office with you. You're 13 years old and you can't talk to the doctor yourself about your problems, so she does. So I, I thank you for that. Um, um, yeah. I wanted to start out just to transition out. I wanted to start out the podcast by shouting out one of our um, most loyal and I would say prolific in that this person frequently tweets back at us and yes. engages with us. Yeah, very it is, it is a pleasure, and I just wanted to give them a proper shout-out on the podcast. Ryan, redacted last name in case of any uh, situations, but uh, this... If you don't uh, want to be associated with that, you listen to this podcast, you will take care of completely okay. But also, we uh, would first of all like to thank you for your support. Um, it's fantastic to have loyal listeners like that. And we would also like to pose an open invite on the podcast. Yes. You, all you have to do is text one of us, and we will set it up. It can be a standalone episode, like the Dear Jackson episode, or you can just hop on and hang out with us. It's completely up to you. We can talk about whatever you want. We can talk about, you can talk about what we want to talk about whatever works let's let's double down let's name the episode of this uh this one dear rj yeah yeah i like that but then we talk what we plan on talking about like all the albums we yeah. have to cover and and whatnot but this one is going to be called we'll double down dear rj dear rj and it like it has no context nope context. none at all that's, and then i'm not good. even going to address it in the description i'm going to describe exactly what we talked about yeah exactly so shouts out to rj um we know, like, if you were, if this were live, um, I know exactly um, that you have a hard on, um, for, for yeah. sure. If this were live, I know you'd be have a hard on right now. Yeah. We're just going to have to assume that you're listening to it as soon as it drops, and then I know you'll have a hard on. Yeah. I Either will. Way, hard on his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Erection. Big yes. time erection. Um, but getting into the nitty gritty of stuff. Yeah. We have a This was of- a huge weekend for music i can't remember a big like a weekend this big since um um, before covid like i want to say there were a couple big projects that have dropped since like quarantine but i don't think there's been like a weekend like exactly where there's like like there has been um Hopefully you guys can hear that. Uh, my girlfriend just went, I stubbed my toe so hard. Mm. On the trash can. This song, obviously. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I haven't thought of... I mean, like, I feel like color when Coloring Book came out, I feel like there were a bunch of other albums. Like, I remember listening to Color Book and being like, I, like, this is awesome, but there's also, like, other albums I need to listen to that also dropped. Yeah. Or I'm trying to think, like, con- well, the uh, the big, like, it was three weeks in a row, it went uh, Kanye and Push's album, 
came out, yep. and then yep. the next that weekend was like big. Yeah, the next weekend was Yay. Yeah, and the weekend after that was Kids See Ghost. That wasn't like a single weekend, but it was like we had amazing music for three weeks in a row. Yeah, and that was like more extended. But like the other thing that took me by surprise this weekend was there was a lot of artists that dropped that I didn't know were dropping, but that mm-hmm. then I listened to and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, exactly. and also like just I'm we're just gonna jump right into it, but I guess ASAP Ferg is still an ASAP mob. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I was about to text that to you, and I completely forgot we had talked about it. What two episodes ago? Like, oh yeah, Ferg Ferg is out of ASAP. Has been kicked out, but yet this past Friday he's dropped an ASAP. album and was like shouting out ASAP Rocky and like I, I don't know. Like I just mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, do we think that Ferg? Um, was already making the album and then he got kicked out and he was like contractually i can still drop this album <laughs> so so as soon as he's dropped this album he's out of asap like it was like a timed event <laughs> but also like i'm wondering if like i don't know like because ferg and rocky are definitely the two most well-known asap yes. members other than um fucking yes. yams but rest in peace always but like Can the rest of ASAP Mob just, like, kick them out like that? Like, I don't know if that, like... I feel like Ferg can kind of just be like, no, I'm st- I'm still going to drop shit under ASAP Ferg. Like, I know. Like, uh, I'm, what so are you guys going to do? Like, I, I think, don't know. I think I prosed it when we were first talking about this. Like, do you think Rocky has, like, the biggest say? Like, like all the ASAP Mob members can vote, but Rocky still the Electoral College and still decides, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, exactly. I think that there's some truth to that, and I also think that like Rocky is just so mobbed up with like Tyler now, like, yeah, it like, almost feels like Rocky isn't even a part of the group anymore. No, like, he and, doesn't and really do shit, and he's like out like banging Rihanna and shit. Like, yeah, he he hasn't like, been like a so it's like yeah part of ASAP for a while. Like, yeah, he's been doing his own shit, and so like I feel like it's kind of like I don't know. Once, like, they all blew up, it was sort of like, yeah, who cares? Whatever, dude. Exactly, yeah. Well, um, do we want to we want to talk about the Ferg album for a little bit? I listened yeah. to, like, one or two songs. Like, I, it, Did you end up listening to Intermission? Yes. What did you think? I don't think it was Jimmy Butler. I think, without a question, it was not Jimmy Butler. No, it wasn't. I, I don't think it was. I know Jimmy Butler's voice and the way he was talking, like... Uh, or, like his cadence and a little bit of like the acts. I mean, he didn't have much of an act. I, it, Butler has a distinct voice. Like I can yeah, be like that's yeah, Jimmy yeah. Butler's voice, and I don't think this JB guy was him. But who? That's then because like I talked to Ben about this last night, and I we don't think it was Jalen Brown, but I'm struggling to come up with who else it could be. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, Mm-hmm. I even tried to look it up. And you tried like, looking it up? There was I don't nothing. Know. I'm trying to think, like... I'll just... Go- I just want to Google NBA JB initials. JB initials. This isn't... This isn't what I wanted. Oh! You think it was Jose Barea on the Dallas yeah, Mavericks, the white guy? Definitely, definitely. Uh, Jared Bayless. Jared Bayless. It could be him. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I just I'm baffled though because it was two really big. No, it, oh, 
No, 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 no. It says uh, Genius credits it as Jalen Brown. Yeah, I told you! Dude, what the fuck? I know. What the fuck? Yeah, dog. I because there's it made uh, no sense that he would have two big names like I mean JaVale McGee is not like a huge basketball name but he's a big name and then Dame is obviously like the fucking biggest name in the game right now wow. why would you just throw some random in there yeah my mind's so, blown dude because I was like that third album featuring Jalen Brown I I I truly believe that like I listened to it and I was like. <laughs> I think already in my brain, I was like, there's no way that this is Jalen Brown. So, like, I didn't even, like, try. I didn't even give it a thought when I listened to it. I think I more focused on, oh, this is Jimmy Butler. And then I was like, this isn't Jimmy Butler. Fuck, man. I, I will now. I just got to listen to that a million times over now. Yeah. You have even, though even though it's 30 seconds long. Yeah. Yeah. The only song you listen to for this whole Celtics game. <laughs> I'm going to have to make a tweet out of that. In other news, um, just to kind of deeper dive into the album, I enjoyed the album thoroughly. I was surprised by it. I listened to, um, I listened to Dennis Rodman. I listened to No Ceilings, and I listened to Intermission, and that's really all I got into it. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's really like as much as I I, I was able to get through because there's I mean, again there's so much other things like I have more extensive to talk about the other albums we yeah. are going to talk about, but. The yin and the yang. I really enjoyed... I think it's cool when people bring fucking other genres in. And I thought it was super cool that he brought Marilyn Manson in. And I thought that song was fucking cool. And it was also, like... It was a... It hit. It Like, that song banged. Like... Yeah. Like, you can't twist it. it. It was fucking cool that he got Dennis Rodman in the music video for Dennis Rodman. Like, that's cool as fuck. And then I thought, overall, like... Um, Move Your Hips was the single and like I don't know why but Nicki Minaj and Ferg like the two voices it just works really fucking well together and so I really like that song I thought No Ceilings was okay yeah it was a little on so the I, side that's um, why I'm lukewarm about this because I was like I, I, I guess I just I missed Move, I know Move Your Hips was a single and I saw it and I was just like I'm not listening to it like I yeah. just I, I just completely like glossed over that I actually, I got really into that song because um, there's this, there's these two influencers that I follow on Instagram who make like, like basically choreographed dance videos to different hip hop songs. And yeah. they did a, a dance to that song. And I like just really, it clicked for me somehow. Yeah. And so I got really into that song. And then I genuinely if i remember correctly no ceilings is the only real like miss in my opinion on the album yeah i listened to no ceilings and i was like wayne's on this okay yeah, yeah. i was like this is like the, that's the bright spot that wayne is even like talking in this that track and i was just like this is just another asap trap song like this yeah. is just yeah but then in it featuring mulatto i don't know who mulatto is is she a member of, like the city girls um, because I haven't really heard that name, but it's been popping up a lot lately. But that's that what I was gonna say. Mulatto's been Mulatto's found her way into like um, uh, she's in I believe a Joey Badass song and maybe like okay. Pusha too. Okay. Um, so that's kind of I, I don't know. I think she's up and coming. I have no idea if she's in Syria yeah. or not. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, we can move on uh, from that. Well, um, do you have any other takes on ASAP Ferg? No, um, I would love to hear more whether or not he's actually in ASAP Mob still or yeah, not. Yeah, address that. Yeah, I don't think he will ever. We no. will know if he drops like an album where it's just like Ferg and like that's it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm for I'm Fergie I'm Fergie Ferg now. Me and actually, it, I would love to see him and Fergie Ferg. Uh, do like a London Bridges like remix. Yeah, that would be, be fucking titties. Uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, no, I got nothing else on this. Um, I would say um, let's take a break and come back and try to bust out the next two albums during halftime. Okay. If that's okay with you. Yeah, that's fine with me. All right. Um, you can edit this out, but um, me and Duncan are going to watch the first half of the Celtics. Um, you know what I'll do? I'll. Uh, for content, I will record myself um, for like a couple plays and send it to you. Okay. So maybe you can put that in somewhere of me like losing my shit. Yeah, or I can even release it as a separate video. Yeah, like on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Dude, also, I'll see you at halftime. Sounds good. First half Celtics thoughts. Um, Go. We desperately need to guard the pick and roll. Bam Adebayo is literally getting whatever they, he wants. Right. Um, but on the positive note, if we can clean that up on the defensive end, um, I think we are we are outplaying the Miami Heat in terms of offense. Bless you. We oh. are getting great shots, and we are, are doing it um, – in all the right ways. Miami is staying in this game by, again, doing little cutesy, little, again, pick and rolls and bullying, basically, Kemba Walker or our, our guards. So, you know, uh, Kemba will be covering up the ball carrier, Jimmy Butler or uh, Dragic or um, anyone. And then, then Bam Adebayo will come along and then, like, slip the pick. And it's just – or yeah. Bam will just, like, like, crash the boards as, like, Butler, like, runs in. And Butler literally, like, puts the ball in between his legs and poops the ball out to him. And it's little cutesy yeah. plays like that, and they're able to, like, make a pass. Obviously, they'll be able to hit uh, a, a two-foot jumper um, when we have Kemba and freaking Gordon Hayward covering the paint because of, like, all these switches and everything. We are just getting, like, dominant, better basketball shots than they are to their little, like, you know, layups, basically. Like, we're hitting shots. We're hitting threes. We're hitting field field goal jumpers and everything. Um, I like where we're going. Being down or being tied right now, 61-61, after the first quarter start, I'm happy with. So we have to weather the storm of the third quarter um, big time. We have to come out of the locker room, and Brad needs to fix everything we've been shittily doing on defense. We are killing them in zone, too. I love yeah. that. We're attacking all of the entire way. Um, As okay. like – as like a uh, minor Celtics, like not as hardcore Celtics fan as you, I feel like the Celtics have always been a terrible third quarter team. Yes. Okay. Like abysmal. I don't know what it's about, but like. Last game we weren't. Last game is when Jason Tatum came alive. Last third quarter is when Jason Tatum came alive. He went like, ha was like dog shit for the first half and then dropped like, we, we dropped yeah crazy numbers. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, we just have to weather that storm. We just have to play a lot better defense and because we're systematically we've been known to not make the shots that we usually do in the third quarter. So we need to just play the best defense of our lives tonight. Um, let's get right. back in. Moving into music news. Yeah. Um, Travis in. Scott single. Did you listen to it? Um, I listened to like a preview of it. Uh, I realized it was this new single. Um, as it like flashed by in, like an ad on YouTube or something. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. It's really like bassy, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's what it's it is. Like, it, it it's sh- fun to play in the car at like really loud volume because your like mirrors shake and like everything is rumbling. Yeah, exactly. So it's featuring Young Thug and MIA. I didn't, the little preview I had, MIA wasn't present. So I still need to go back and. She doesn't have like a real verse necessarily, but I do really love the like. I love when artists bring and I like. I didn't expect it from Travis, but like, remember when um, what was it? Uh, Swagger like us had MIA in it, yeah. and I love the like. It's like a ballsy move to try to bring in something that is like very culturally and musically different into like a huge name single like that. So I was exactly yeah. Across yeah. The- plus Travis I, I, and Thug, you had me sold there and then you toss MIA yeah. in the mix and I'm like cha ching, let's fucking go. Yeah, I, MIA is one of those people where like she's got the one hit wonder um of you know, uh, they just changed the fucking score on the Celtics game. I'm looking at ESPN right now. When halftime hit it was 61-61, right? And now it's saying 62-60. I, I don't understand that, what is happening. How did, how did they gain a bucket and we lost one? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have to look on Twitter really quick. But yeah, having MIA, she's got that one-hit wonder of, you know, what, what, she, what she's done on uh, Paper Planes. But um, I, you know, I... I enjoy when she comes out of like her hibernation i also assume she has always been putting out music but it's just been in like a you know a a small fish in a big pond thing where it's like it doesn't get picked up but when she finds herself with the likes of Travis scott and young thug it's it's almost like her name is always out there yeah like oh yeah she had fucking paper planes like I also think she's way bigger internationally than she is in the United States. I think that's a big thing. I, I feel like she's like she has a cutout name in, in the UK. Like yeah, she's like definitely. in the, like the grime scene. Also, uh, fun like, fact: she came up under Diplo when Diplo was first coming up. Wow. So that uh, he's not maybe not the reason for her, but she like I think he was a big part of her becoming infused in the United States. Exactly. Um, but it's always good to hear her because her voice is like, I would say her voice is pretty distinct. Like it once, if, if I didn't know MIA was on this track, like I didn't see her name, I would be like, oh shit, MIA's on this. Like, yeah, exactly. Awesome. You would, you don't even have to see the name to be honest. Yeah. Um, um, but I'll, I mean, obviously when I, when I get my head on it, but I'll go right back in and um, listen, give it a listen. Um. The other quick one was Spillage Village. So yeah, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know. I obviously didn't listen to that one. I didn't know that that was like a thing. I don't know what they are. It's JID and like his crew. Yeah, 
So I didn't listen to a whole bunch of it, but I started listening to it. Yeah. And it's really oh, some shit. good shit. I gotta, yeah, I gotta listen to it then. Yeah, no, I was pumped about he because he, he was tweeting it, and I it came across my Twitter timeline, and I was like, oh shit. Spilligion is there? I uh, know, I know, Earth, I know Earth Gang. Yeah, they obviously Earth Gang's up with with Jid, basically. Yeah, uh, I didn't know Spillage Village was this. Like, is that there? Like, I got no, no idea, dog. <laughs> I'm gonna have yeah. to do some digging. We'll report back next episode. So, <laughs> Spillage Village has also been putting out like, so they they've had shit all obviously always with Jid and and Earth Gang since 2014. They have they have an al- it's this is basically like an EP. It's six songs. Bears Like This, 2014. Then an, an eight-track album, Bears Like This 2, T-O-O, okay. T-O-O. And then there's Bears Like This Too Much. And that's, <laughs> a, that's an 11-track uh, album. And then um, Spilligion. Hell yeah. That's 12. Yeah, I got to listen to this shit. Chance is on here. Yeah, they got uh, some big names. Uh, Hollywood JB. Uh, big Rube. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You have my you have my attention. Spill it, spill it village. <laughs> so, but like, listen to one. Like, what what is it like? Like, if you it's it's exactly pretty much what you expect. It's okay. it's just like good solid music. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excite. Yep. Um, did you listen to MGK? Yes. I listened to it and I was like, this is weird, but I kind of fucking like it. So I listened to it, half of it yesterday and, and half, the other half today. Um, I, I, it, was, oh, it, it wasn't the best. I would, if I were to grade it as a teacher and this is like the assignment you pass in, I, it would be like a good effort, but like I am giving you like a like a seventy, like a like a seven, a, a fat seventy-two. Yeah, I I will say though, I think that he does is more effective in this lane than he was as a rapper. Didn't really move the needle for me as a rapper. N- yes, and to be honest, he didn't even move the needle for me here. Yeah, um, but he moved. Like I can see him more in this lane excelling. Versus rap. I think rap was like kind of how he came up, but I think he kind of got off. He became uh, like too much of a big name celebrity. He's like doing movies now and shit. Like, I think he should stick to rap. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's this is my, we're gonna like for the very rare times that we do, like I'm gonna split the decision here. Like, it's it's not so. Yes, he does not move the needle for me in rap, but he did cut out a little niche when he would like diss Eminem and just be kind of like this weird. He almost became just like a person in my mind, just a personality that started in rap. Yeah, so I'm always going to be like, well, he's a rapper. Like he's okay. not, he's he's a he's not a rap. He's not an actor. He's just an actor, a, a rapper pretending to be an actor. He's not a pop punk. Uh, artist. He's just a pop-punk artist, a rapper pretending to be a pop-punk artist. Um, he, he's monotone throughout like, the whole thing. And I had to go back and listen to how he raps. And he just rap, mumble raps. Like, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay, like that makes sense. But like going, thinking back to like a traditional pop-punk album, because this is, this is my lane, is listening to like these pop-punk. So 
you go all the way back to some of the first pop punk people like uh, Blink, 182. Yeah. There's the contrast of, of Mark Hoppus's kind of lower, um, but like mel melodic, like droning on lyrics and when he sings. Um, and then it's contrasted by, um, I'm fucking blanking on his name right now, the other guy in Blink-182, that's not Travis Barker, Tom DeLonge. Um, Tom DeLonge would come in with like a cutting but high pitch. So you have the two of them and it, there's a lot of, in pop punk, there's a lot of like call and response, like, like blues, where yeah. like you know, Mark Hoppus will sing one like line and then Tom DeLonge will come in with like the higher like response to it. Um, he, on a couple of these tracks, MGK did that. But again, it's just his monotone voice and then his monotone voice but put through like a grainy filter. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you're trying to like be like Blink a little bit. Like I get it. Some of the guitar stuff reminded me a lot of like bands like uh, All Time Low or uh, Simple Plan, Some 41, some of the guitar riffs. But I'm like, man, like that's just like you're ripping off them. Yeah. And, like, like the uh, Blink when he, uh, or not Blink, but like pop punk bands will like do a lot of like chugging up and then like a quick like bam and they stop for like a beat and then just go bam, right back into it. Like that's like musicianship and pop punk bands. And obviously MGK did that. And I'm like, okay, like it, this whole album seemed like he really grew up listening to Blink and Sum 41 and you know Taking Back Sunday, All Time Low. Listen to like all those emo pop punk bands and he's just like i want to make an album like that and then he just kind of copied what they did yeah yeah okay that's very i as someone who doesn't listen to pop punk it was like cool for me because i was like okay like the the only reason i listened to it was because of his rap career yeah. and then also that he has banged like he's like pete davidson dude he's banging yeah. fucking everybody he has and now him and pete davidson he was, yeah he has Halsey on the album, who he was dating, and now he's banging Megan Fox, but he still kept her on the album. So going into like the songs I liked, I love the Halsey um, yeah. song. That's like kind of like the standout for me. Um, her again, it's that what I look for in a pop punk, um, you know, album is that like there's that contrast, there's a call and response. There's kind of two voices coming in. And I mean, sometimes when there's just a single singer in the pop punk band, the singer can go low. And then for like, you know, the chorus, he's up high. Yeah. That was found in the Halsey track and yeah. in Forget Me Too, where it's MGK's like lower tone voice followed by Halsey's, you know, high pitch melody. Um, throwing in like people like Trippy Red and Black Bear, I was like, this isn't it. Like, I, I can't take... Now it's turning into like new metal, which is from like the, like Lincoln Park early two thousands, where it's like heavy metal, like like drop D low tuned guitars, like wah 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 wah, and then like it turns into like a rap beat, and I'm like, yes, yeah. this, this is not for me. I can't take trap music it's in not the it. of my punk song. Yeah, that's fair. Um, did you want to pause because the Celtics are back, or do you want to just keep rolling through it? Well, let's just get through this album. Okay. If, if you have anything to add. I don't really have anything to add. I think in general, it was just, I listened to it twice at work and it was just kind of like nice background noise for me. Yeah. I mean, I liked, like I said, I liked the Halsey track, um, Forget Me Too. And then I did like Concert for Aliens 
because like he's legitimately ripping off Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 shtick because that guy's like an alien truther. Like in yeah. real life, he's like a UFO chaser. And he writes songs about aliens. And I'm like, you're just doing Tom DeLonge right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I almost got to respect that. Yo, yeah. I mean, you got to, you know, pay homage to your, your heroes and everything. Yeah. But it's a little too on the nose. Kelly. Yeah. Well, um, we are a quick little hit. We're going to take another break to finish up the Celtics and we'll be back at the end of the game. Real quick, before we uh, go, I'm just going to get Tory Lanez out of the way. He dropped an album. Didn't listen to it. Ben said it was all right. He yeah, apparently brings up uh, Megan Thee Stallion a bunch. Um, he, like, he like basically disses her. Like the fact that like, I don't know. Like he basically was like, you shot yourself in the foot, not me. Yeah. And then he also dissed J.R. Smith why he has beef with J.R. Smith. And J.R. Smith was like, you're short. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, probably won't listen to it. But maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Fuck you, Tory Lanez. Bitch. I regret spending money on your concert tickets, even though it was just Seaford. Sure. Well, we'll get back to you guys after the Celtics. Um, I will either be full of excitement or um, want to kill myself. So stay tuned. Yay! Do you want to talk about it or do you want to hear about what I just cooked for dinner? Dinner. Dinner. So what I did was I went to the grocery store um, and I got pasta as well as other accoutrements. And, um, I did a chorizo and spicy sausage, uh, with onions and sauteed peppers, sauteed peppers and onions with a lot of garlic. I made that the base for my sauce and I did a hearty garlic sauce and then I roasted vegetables in the oven. And I put those in with some penne. Here we go, baby. It's good. It's good. A little Parmesan cheese. A gabagool. I fucking hate the refs in the bubble so much. Like. I don't understand why. Yeah, I don't get it. Why so, were the refs so bad? So, the refs control all the fucking games that happen mm -hmm. so that people like LeBron and Giannis and, uh, you know, so just they can make whatever finals they want. So, the refs in their heart of hearts or whoever the higher powers that be that really does decide when, when they're going to make a shitty call and when they're going to do a no call and when they're going to... The refs came together and said, you know what would make a really good final in 2020 bubble? The Miami Heat versus the fucking L.A. Lakers. So the Lakers are going to destroy the Heat in four games. Mm -hmm. There's no way that that defense. Yes, we the Celtics struggled with the zone in Toronto. We struggled with it in Miami. But the Lakers aren't. They're going to shit pump the Miami Heat. And the so they're fixing they're calling these games to get whatever finals they want you're telling me 
that L.A. versus Boston in the, the finals, like it was in the 80s and how it was in, uh, you know, 2007 and 2008, that isn't good television. You're not going to make that that finals happen. Especially with the entire world watching right now. Like, what else do we have going on? Nothing. I... I mean, knowing who I am, I probably will end up watching the finals. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be white noise in the background. Mm-hmm. I'll probably miss plenty of... At least two of the four games, because I, I guarantee you the Miami Heat is not winning a single game. And that's on the ref's fault. I know for a fact that Boston probably would have given L.A. a run for their money in one of the games. But yeah. there's no way Miami – it's just bullshit. There were shit calls. Obviously, I mean, besides the refs being, you know, fucking lugheads. Uh, we didn't play well. Uh, Gordon yeah. Hayward missing, like, two, three, four bunny jumpers. Uh, missed f- f- just the same thing that's been plaguing us this entire series. Like, obviously, the refs are the refs, and I need uh, some sort of scapegoat to blame my sadness on. But the Celtics, I think we came into this the first two games just shell-shocked when people like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson were just draining whatever shot they wanted. Mm-hmm. And we were playing ca- we played catch-up every single game. So we we just need to we need a deeper bench. We need someone coming off. We need at least two, three people coming off the bench that are like a Tyler Hero or are like uh, I'm trying to think who has like who comes off the bench for Toronto. Uh, uh, one of the guys that Toronto had coming off the bench, he could hit. Austin threes. Matthews. Yeah. Um, not him, no. <laughs> um, but, like, someone like Rondo comes off the bench for the Lakers and, like, consistently drops double digits. Like, we need someone off the bench that isn't Brad Wanamaker or Ennis Cantor. Or uh, I-, I love Grant Williams. I love Rob Williams. Uh, I'm not there yet. Yeah, Romeo can be that guy to come off the bench, but he's just... You know, you know who would be a really good uh, candidate to come off the bench in that exact role? Who? Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I guess. The little man. I'm just saying, I, like, it, it's not a terrible idea. Sign him on a, on a cheap deal in the offseason. No. Have him as the bench guy. We already know he's a... Celtics legend. Yeah. If it, we works, just, it works, if it doesn't, it doesn't. We need just another forward. We need another... We, like, we need Romeo to be who... We need Rob to be who we drafted him to be. Like, next year, I think Rob Williams is going to be, like, a threat. And I we need Romeo to, like, have, like, a crazy sophomore year. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Um I kind of want to stop talking about it because it's just going to make me more frustrated. Yes. Um, oh, and also, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I'll just vent to all of my kids. Yeah. Uh, just I, also, you sent me a video of you teaching this week. And yeah. it's like, it almost sounds like when we first started doing the podcast, when you would just say um, every other sentence. Yeah. It's so funny. I find it so funny because the side of you, I don't well, get to see a lot. 
but I, it's a side that is near and dear to my heart where it's like, you're trying to like be professional and like speak to these children. And so it's just so funny to me. <laughs> so I believe I was saying, um, so much because the camera was on. Yeah. And, uh, it's probably also because there's kids and like watching me and whatnot. Oh. Uh, but I definitely think it was the camera and shit like that. Like I, I don't mean I don't write anything for this, but this is very much like a conversational piece. Mm-hmm. When I give instructions, like I used to when I was like a lot younger, used to, in teaching, I used to make like a script. Yeah, and be like, I'm going to say like literally like word for word what I'm what I'm going to say. And I had gotten away with from that like in the middle of me like doing my grad year teaching, and I literally like I just shoot it right at the top i just go okay we have to hit that 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 and i'm like yeah. all right well what's up guys people don't I, I think people don't give enough credit to how difficult it is to not even like it's not necessarily public speaking but to be comfortable without like talking points i guess, or like without like a a firm idea of what you're gonna say that, that is very much me like at my stage of my career right now like yeah. i don't need talking points like i can remember like a bunch of i don't remember a lot but like uh, going into like a class like i'll be like okay i need to i remember and know i need to touch on these points and also a lot of it is like housekeeping things so it's not just like a like a lesson where i need to i i have like a story from like i teach history so it's like a story of like you know i'm talking about genghis khan did this and they do that that's like easy like that shit i don't do my ums and errs it's more on like the you guys will all need to do this. Don't forget you have a quiz coming this day. Next Wednesday, you know, you don't have my class because of it. So there's all this like not even teaching things, but just like talking and giving instructions and reminders to kids that I just have to pop off. I also I do a lot of ums and errs because I'm trying not to jumble up my words. Like when we're on here, like some I don't say things right and I forget. Uh, the ums no. are keeping me like focused on saying things right because with those kids they'll be like oh, fuck it you said you said assignment and not assignment and they'll you like you do yeah I, I i'll lose them for like five minutes if i say something yeah wrong. so i need i, I always do have ums. feel like doing this frequently has helped a lot with that oh, yeah. like just being able to kind of rattle off the top and like i mean every once in a while you have to kind of pause and hit an um just to like get your brain back in sync but for the most part i feel like both of us have gotten pretty good at just firing off the top and then also jumping in when we see that the other one has you know hit a roadblock or something yeah i i also i think uh i do less of the ums and errs when the kids are like in the room with me yes i'm it's still like very difficult over a computer because i'm i also see every little bit of distraction like when with me and you like you have your background on it's just you and i can just talk yeah. with them it, their backdrop is like their siblings running in the background and them getting up and leaving and then playing with their dog and i'm like like focusing on 30 or 20 different screens on my screen being trying to talk to them all with like an individual environment within that screen yeah, it's its own like little like ecosystem. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, Trunk Stone's talks, uh, public speaking and teaching theory. Um, <laughs> welcome back. 
coming uh, soon to um, DeVry University. We're yeah. teaching an online class. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I, I long for a day in which, for some reason, enough people listen to this that, like, we get to do stupid shit like that. And it's like, Jackson and Duncan teach We have a TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would totally, I would fucking, I'd be able to take up like 40, like 45 minutes. I mean, we saw Duncan, my dear Jackson episode. I can, I think just talk forever and ever. Yeah. I just feel like, so what do you guys want to talk about? (laughs) I always feel bad because I'm like, I'm talking like too much. Like, and specifically with like teaching too, I'm like, like 25 minutes and I have to (laughs) shut up. And the kids are like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mr. Prince. It's like tangents on tangents. And like the kids aren't even making them. It's like my own brain making tangents <laughs> for them. Like they're, it's not like they ask a question to get me off task. Like I do it myself. <laughs> I remember like some stupid little bullshit that I wanted to like joke about. <laughs> Anyways, um, let us talk about the real star of the show. No, it's not RJ. No. It Despite is, many people thinking it's yeah, RJ. It is Mr. Balaclava. Mr. Baklavizzi. <clears throat> the man, the myth, the legend. Marcelino. Uh, bent over Rose at 225 pounds for six reps on his Instagram. Oh. Action <clears throat> Bronson. Only for dolphins. Only for dolphins. I think, actually, by that logic, we broke the rules by listening to this. Yeah, we, we're sorry, actually. Yeah, our bad. We our were, bad. I will be doing a significant penance tonight. I have a cat or nine tail that's been, it's been in my drawer waiting for me all day. It's been, it's been soaking in liquid ivory. Mm. Mm. So I would love... To let's get our first impressions just in general on the album. And I would love to go. I've listened to the album like 10 times over already. Um, I, I really love it that much. I would love to go down track by track. Uh-huh. We can. And because, I mean, I don't have any other albums to talk about besides I'll quickly talk about Idols later. But um, I'm just check. I would just want to check, 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 check. Yep. No, or, no, no other albums. Okay. Yep. So let's do it. Just uh, about it. Like I said, I loved it. Um, it was the features were great. Bronson is stupendous. Again, I feel like he may have gotten all of the uh, critiques from Blue Chip Seven Thousand and White Bronco, and was like, "Okay, I'm fixing it." I also think that there's something to be said because he hasn't talked about it a lot. But if you like, kind of read between the lines a little bit. He kind of hints at the fact that with Blue Chip 7000, there was a ton of label pressure. Um, and this was his first album, like, not under a, like, I mean, not his first album, not under a label, but his first album since being tied to a label. And I think it finally felt like we got authentic Bronson again. Yeah, he was, like, excited to be in the studio to do this. Yes. Like, and, you can t- and you can tell that because of, like, the variety of samples and beats that he has on this. Yep. But it's always something different. Each each track are very distinguishable from each other. Um, he, I, I mean, he's always able to say what he wants on his albums because it's a rap album. But, like, he has so much fun with it. Like, he's, yeah. he's 
he he'll have uh you know he'll only have a couple bars and then like a jazz saxophone solo will yeah. come in and like croon to us yeah for like the uh, uh, like he'll only rap for 45 seconds and j- the jazz sax is on for like two and a half yeah um, it felt like almost like Blue Chips 7000. They were like, hey, we want you to make another sob stories. And he was like, yeah. no, I already made sob stories. Exactly. Yeah. They were like, look, think back to when you first started with Blue Chips 1 and 2. Like, do that again. And he was like, uh, I have my, I have my, my, my likes, my interests, my sound has changed. And they're like, Blue Chips. <laughs> but, 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 but Blue Chips, maybe. But, but have you thought blue chips? But um, what about blue chips? People are saying action. People are saying blue chips. Many people, yeah. all the blue people. chips, in my opinion. Yeah. Have you heard blue chips? I, I am. Um, yeah. So he, yeah, he's stepping away from, and I, like, I really, I still don't understand what white, white Bronco was. I so. don't. But I, both of them were like, I was just like, hmm. But then he came out lame over rice, and I was like, Fuck <laughs> yes. "Okay, <laughs> we back, <I'm> back. <laughs> we back." So yeah, I, this only for dolphins was um, a Exquisite. great listen. A great listen after coming off of. The so what I say is, I think that for me, um, this isn't a knock whatsoever because I understand like the reasoning behind it and like the decision, but. To me, it felt like some of the excitement of the album drop was taken away because I had already heard the three singles. Yes. That makes sense to you. Those three singles were so goddamn good that it was sort of like the excitement for those almost deadened the excitement of like the actual album drop. I, I understand that, but I, th- my counter argument is the first two tracks on this. Yes. 100%. Yeah. So I- <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you know what? Like, he dropped three singles, and I'm like, I, I looked into it, and I saw the track list, and I was like, there's only twelve songs, and he he gave us a quarter like, of the, he gave us a quarter of this album. I'm like, oh man, like he made have... track one and two blew me out of the fucking water. <laughs> no pun intended with only for dolphins. I also yeah, I don't I just I also love his like weird. I love his song naming like i i don't really we can guess at what his song naming like process is but it feels like it's just like he just picks a word that's like a vibe it's like what he's thinking about when that song was like it's 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 not even like the title doesn't need to be in in the lyrics of the song yeah and it's also sometimes it doesn't need to even need to be about the title it's just a theme. It's just like a motif. Or, or it's just like, a, 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 it makes you think of that. Because the, the very first one, we'll get into maybe going down all these songs, Capoeira, almost nowhere in the song does it mention the Brazilian martial art that mixes in music and dance. But the feeling of it is like, I'm dancing and kicking and punching. That's Capoeira, man. I'm dancing, but also don't get within a six-foot radius of me, or else, you know, who knows? These arms fly sometimes. These I'm dancing, fly sometimes. I'm dancing, and I'm violent about it. 
There's no passivity in this dancing. I'm Trolling Stone podcast. I'm dancing and I'm violent about it. <laughs> that might be the graphic for this yeah, week. There's a graphic. I'm dancing and I'm violent about it. Um, <laughs> Capoeira is awesome, dude. Like again, like I'm wash. Um, it comes out on a Friday. Friday, yeah. and I don't get. I'm in school and I'm like all day. And I'm like, you know what? I want to be able to sit down and like listen to this. I didn't even listen to it when I got in the car to drive home after Friday. I got home. And had to do dishes and I'm listening to the, I had a lot of dishes. So I was able to get through like the first like five songs. Capoeira, I just put everything down and I, I started dancing violently. It was You awesome. were like, I must put these dishes out of my hands or else they will not survive this experience. Yeah. Um, I also, I will say on this that this may be <laughs> besides the besides Latin Grammys. This is my second favorite song on the whole album. Um, my favorite line, my I think it's my new favorite line that Bronson has. My fr- new favorite bar, next to the baby blue, you know, um, Blue Chili sings the Selly Rings. I don't think that's from Blue Chips. No, I'm sorry, blue, no baby blue. I meant. I don't think that's from that. As Blue Chili said, no, the song is called Baby Blue, and it's in Mr. Wonderful. Is so that it's the only chance? Yeah, I don't think that's from that song. But either way, regardless, I've never said it was semantics. I never said it was from Baby Blue. Baby Blue is the song name. I know. I don't think it's from that. That's what I'm saying. I'm disagreeing with you. But that's we're arguing semantics again, like we always do. (laughs) As Bocelli sings, the Sally rings is from Baby Blue. I was jamming out to it today. Okay, it's from Baby Blue. One was wonderful. Anyways, you're right. I apologize. The new front. The thank you. The new front runner for my favorite Bronson bar is in Capoeira, where he, uh, I'll read it out for you. Um, I throw dice with the Tommy John elbow. Next week, I'll probably John the sailboat. Drive the Hummer on the railroad. My drugs are waiting for me at the mailroom. Hell yeah, motherfucker, yeah. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Powerbomb through the dining room table. It sounds like a moose hitting a Winnebago. <laughs> First off. The to- as soon as I hear, I throw the dice with the Tommy John elbow, I'm like, here we go. <laughs> here, here we go. go. I would love to know. Next week, I'll probably Parmesan a sailboat. I would love to know what the fuck that means. I, what, what is, I pro- will probably Parmesan a sailboat. And we could cut, the other thing that's fantastic about Bronson is we could sit here and dissect his bars and come up with a billion different meanings yes. for each one of them. Like, off the top of my head, I could think of, like, at least two different things it could mean. It could be a reference to cocaine with Parmesan. And then it could also just be a reference to he loves fucking cooking. Maybe Parmesan, like, like cheese, like money. Yeah, he might. uh, Oh, fuck. I just lost it. I had it and I lost it. Uh, He might be naming the sailboat Parmesan. Yeah. Like Parmesan sailboat. And so, uh, so that is beautiful. It has all of these like uh, little, like silly almost, but so descriptive hits in it. Because this is this is why I love Bronson so much, and this is why he has separated himself from all the other more current people in rap right now, like the fucking trap people who just rap about money and drugs and everything. Bronson paints the most vivid picture 
of all time. I don't think I can remember someone who's, <laughs> would, who talks about smoking green slime like Nickelodeon, um, all white standing at the podium, you know it's him, like shit like that. Yeah. No one had been rapping like that since Eminem or like ODB. But like, yeah, and like Eminem, it was like, it was violent and like gory yeah. and horrorcore. And, and, but Bronson, it's just like fun. It's like, it's, and then it's like, fun and it's the, all about how much money he has. And like, you feel like you're in like a tropical island with him, like just fucking uh, getting into shenanigans, like classic Bronson shenanigans. Yeah. I would love one day to, for all of, for us to go through all of like our favorite Bronson lines. Cause I mean, I'm also like, there's just so much to it, dude. Uh, bitches throw up in a jar and hide in the closet, but that shit ain't happening at my crib. Gonna finish dinner if you want dessert. And if you want to fuck Erner, you gotta fuck Bert. I'm in the deep <laughs> bumping Gerald Levert, you heard? If you want to fuck Erner, you gotta fuck... Hold on, what is this? the meaning behind this on Genius? Reference to... It could be a reference to Lodge 49. Bert works in a pawn shop, which is constantly fucking up their clients like Ernie. So like Bronson said, you gotta fuck Bert. What? Sometimes I'm like, genius, you're stretching a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, like is... a moose hitting a Winnebago, like, I can hear that sound. Exactly. Powerbomb through the dinner, t- uh, the dinner and table. And I can see like that. I can visualize Bronson powerbombing someone through a dinner table. Exactly, yeah. And it's sounding exactly like a moose hitting a Winnebago. Also, the how he starts off his bars, congratulations, they just cast Baklava's in Rambo. <laughs> like, that shit could actually happen. Like, there could be a Rambo movie com- coming out where we have Bronson. Or, like, even on, like, Fuck That's Delicious, he might just do a skit where he is Rambo. Exactly. Or it might just be, like, a random cutaway. Oh, my friend. Fantastic. Um, Fantastic. Also, uh, so just to bounce to the next song, C12H16N2, is that a chemical formula? Um, yes, I was about to look it up. C12, H16, N2. C12, H16, N2. Not 15, 16. I, I was planning on looking it up, and I know I didn't. It is... Let us see. Great radio. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is... The first jingle that popped into my head to fill this air. This dead air. It is dime, <clears throat> uh, dime, methyl tritamine. It is a chemical substance that occurs in many plants and animals, which is both a derivative and a structural analog of uh, tryptamine, uh, which consists of psychedelic drugs. Yeah, that's yeah. It's I'm gonna look it up because I think I know what it is, but I think you absolutely butchered that pronunciation. No offense. Hey. So that, uh, tr- it's tryptamine. Dimethyltryptamine. Yeah, dimethyltryptamine. That's what I said. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Definitely. No one rewind 30 seconds and double check him on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, it's, we it's would in, hate if you did that. It's in, it's in fucking genius, and I didn't even look at it. It's DMT. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. It's kind of similar to the goods of many plants and animals considered psychedelic drugs historically prepared for various cultures for ritual purposes. Um, this one great as well. Um, looking. You know what? I think I know this word from. I think there's a uh, 
I think one of Kid Cudi's songs, he's like crooning dimethyltryptamine. Yeah. Lysergic acid diethylamine. I don't know what song it is, but. So this, this was also um, what we were talking about before that, not like the, the, the titles of his lyrics. It's more, like a, it's, mo- it's more of like a theme um, or like a motif because his first verse is, why is everyone's face looking strange? Like he's on DMT and like looking around being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I think I ate the whole sheet. Um, I'll see you in a couple days if that's the case. Green Jaguars running through the jungle trying to catch the snake. So it's like he's literally like tripping the balls. <laughs> and I'm looking in through Genius. He, it seems like there's more like references to him being an author, singer, dancer, exotic olive oil taster, actor, that he is like telling a story of him maybe tripping balls when he's on set of The Irishman. Ooh. Because yeah. he does reference the Irishman. Yeah, 3 p.m. at the Lincoln Center. You've got to see a screen of the Irishman. You know your boy was in, um, in it. It's me. You know I'm representing the after party on Tavern on the Green. Yeah. So that would be funny that, like, he, you know, again. He was so, also in um, King of Staten King Island, Staten I think. Island, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that was funny. This one was, like, a really good, again, like, he's, like, telling some, like, a story on this one. Capoeira is more just, like, again, him talking about, like, the shit he does. But this is, could potentially be, like, a story he had of just yeah. getting high and, but, like, needing to be at, like, the screening of Irishmen. It was, like, I it, imagine him and, like, Robert De Niro were just doing DMT together one day after yeah. shooting. And he was, like, what the fuck is happening? Action specifically describes seeing the Irishman world premiere um, opening night at Lincoln Center for Performing Arts. Um, <clears throat> after party was held at the Green Island Tavern, a quintessential high-class New York restaurant on the south side of Central Park. And it's a photo of the three of them. Scorsese, De Niro, and, and Bronx. That's kind of fire. <clears throat> no, I like Do you this think one? either Scorsese or De Niro have any reference point for Action Bronson's existence? Um, do you think they were like yo I loved Rare Chandeliers Scorsese was like yo dude Rare Chandeliers one of my favorite mixtapes of all time I don't think De Niro but I think Scorsese for movie purposes does like have to listen to music okay when he's like making a score he's like and on, on top of it Bronson probably like obviously loves De Niro as a New York guy and Scorsese he's probably potentially cross paths and been yeah. like, hey, I'm a huge fan. And I mean, someone like Bronson, like he's a big guy, big beard, big personality. Like he would be great in movies. And I feel like Scorsese would see someone like that and be like, I have a perfect role for you. Just kind of how the way you look. He's also not a particularly uh, forgettable guy when you meet him, I would imagine. Um, no. I don't imagine he's someone where he just walks up and he's like, hey, I'm a big fan. And then you forget the interaction ever happened. Yeah. I would assume it's a little more than that. And then he's also got, like, I don't know, giant tattoos on his head. And uh, he's about, like, 350 pounds. And he's just generally, he's a a notable figure. Yeah, exactly. So, um, DMT, the DMT track, awesome. Um, Again, we have that, like, a more, like, uh, culture-diverse beat sampling in both Capoeira and DMT. Also, the next three are the singles we've kind of extensively talked about, Latin Grammys, Gold Nine, Mongolia, all with their own different, like, 
you know, a European, Asian, African, just, just not, you know, your typical, uh, rap beats, your typical rap sampling. He's like traveling the world to, yeah. to get this music and put it into his music. Do we know who produced this? I'm assuming uh, probably, the al- I'm assuming probably. the alchemist had a hand in it. Yeah, I would assume. Oh, actually, the no, this is just the one. Let me go to only for dolphins see if they have anything. Um, see, so, uh, released September 25th. Uh, produced by. Producers by yeah, The Alchemist, Ant-Man Wonder was on a couple songs, um, Budgie Beats, DJ Muggs, Harry Fraud, your typical like Bronson people. Yeah. I mean, the, obviously the big standouts is The Alchemist and Harry Fraud. Yeah, obviously. And Ant- Ant-Man Wonder too, I've seen him a couple of, uh, other places, you know, with like a, um, uh, a Pusha T type yep. of deal. Yep. Um, Mayhem Lorenz, obviously, all throughout this and everything. But um, we've already extensively talked about Latin Grammys, Golden Eye in Mongolia. Vega is the sixth um, sixth song on here, right around the halfway point. Uh, this is where I think we had also like your typical rap in it. But again, super storytelling from Bronson. Um, you know, references to, to Delroy, Lindo, um, Hanging out a porch with a cape on, Elmer Fudd shotguns flying out the gauge, disintegrate your facial. Rolexes, fucking everything. A little bit of a shorter song, but Vega, Vega was good. Um, I turned it off because I'm I haven't listened to it as much as you have. So I muted myself so I could listen to some of it, like just get a vibe from the beat. I love this fucking piano beat. On Vega, right? Yes. Yeah. And then the lyrics are fucking great. Because I jump from an Alfa Romeo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. A very, very good. This was, it was a very Lamb over, it, that was like a very Lamb over Rice track where it was kind of like a little bit more slower. The beat, the, the, uh, the BPMs are a little turned down. <laughs> Bronson's kind of almost like rap crooning. It's not like he's like punch, punching his lyrics in. He's more like, you know, like slowly like letting them dribble out which i like yeah anything on vega i mean the the, the piano is awesome yeah i just bronson has a knack for almost bringing like uh i don't know if this is an actual word but a symphonic like quality to some of his songs where like, especially on Vega, it feels like you're sitting front row at, like, an opera or something. And so that's always, like, a welcome interlude from some of his other uh, intense uh, and diverse beats. Yeah. It, he, it, like, he always ha- has variety in a lot of what he does like i think as soon as he's grown you know obviously i think he had a big shift in making music from blue chips well actually i want to say at the beginning with mr wonderful we talked about kind of forced to 
forced a hand to make blue chip 7,000 and then went like crazy 180 in white Bronco and it didn't really succeed. And now he's finding his, his lane and finding his own like rhythm and momentum and just putting out like an album like this and Lamb Over Rice where it's just, he's like, I'm going to, every single song is going to sound so different from themselves. Vega is one of those songs where it slows everything down for a bit. So, yeah. <clears throat> what do you got on the, the next song? Splash. Um, Splash is awesome <clears throat> because it's like he's selling like a fragrance at the beginning. Yeah. Like the hook is Splash. Yeah. I thought love, uh, man, woman, whatever. Splash. I and also, so, he starts off his verse with butt naked. Yeah, and butt just naked, they have the, both butt naked ripping on the slopes. Butt naked is just a great phrase. And then to imagine Action Bronson butt naked doing things is just a, it's a humorous uh, picture in my mind. He, he, this is the, uh, this is the song where he starts referencing Ninja Turtles. It's like after Splash, there's like two other songs. It may be like uh, Shredder and Marcus Aurelius where he brings out a ninja ninja turtles reference like in both of those but it's yep. like uh i've read the horse like navajo the cell got big guns uh one whistle bring the cattle home i'm a ninja turtle battle toad yep um no splash was just like a fun song probably for him it's like these like oceany type of vibes to it and yet he's like it's like he's selling like fragrances so it's like splash like a new a new fragrance about baklava it's just like it's such like made for a commercial it's so funny i would love it if bronson actually made a fragrance <clears throat> like that would i would buy the shit out of that if he made a fragrance <clears throat> yeah i wouldn't buy splash but if he made like he has a line in here like uh like missed something by a cunt hair yeah, cunt hair just, by Bronson. Just, yeah, if you just named it Cunt Hair by Bronsolino, that would be perfect. Um, Sergio, number eight. This one slows it down, too. Um, like with This is an Alchemist song. It slows everything down a bit. Um, it's nice. It seems like Sergio, it, I haven't rapped in a long time, is produced by Alchemist who Bronson no, wasn't hasn't rapped over... An alchemist beat in a while. So at the beginning of it, he goes, I haven't wrapped it in wrapped with you in a little while, long time, buddy. Yeah. So he's, he's been away from the Alchemist for a while. I feel like Alchemist put out an album like a year ago and Bronson was like all over it. <clears throat> yeah, but I think Alchemist has had his hands in other projects. He's been doing a lot of stuff with like uh Freddie Gibbs and um Benny the Butcher, I think it is, out of yeah. uh Buffalo. Uh, Conway the Machine, I think, had Alchemist. And so I think he's just had his hands in other projects for a minute now. Yeah. This, and I'm this sure song... they also haven't been traveling for Fuck That's yes. Delicious for a while. So, like, yeah. that was probably what this, it was. Reading the lyrics, um, it seems kind of like he's rapping. He's made the song because um, he feels good with being back with the Alchemist. Yes. Talks about how I've been with my phone blowing up because I've been missing for days, um, just floating through these waves. Talk about like I'm feeling good and everything. I think it's just he's happy to be back, like making music with the Alchemist, which is great. Talk about like 
visions. I just missed. I just had it. Yeah, uh, Sergio was good. Um, what else do we have? The back end of this was like still really good. Um, it just slowed down a little bit. Yeah, it, it lost traction. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we don't have to go through all this. I will say Shredder again has the like another Ninja Turtle uh, reference, which is always funny. Talk about Mario Kart. Um, it's like Mario Kart, pop the hood, all the chrome with the four turtles. This shit kicking harder than those four turtles. I'm running backwards trying to save up time. Stage crime. Yeah, more Ninja Turtle shit. Um, cliffhanger. Ooh. Trying to find my way through all this. Cliffhanger, Marcus Aurelius. I did like Marcus Aurelius um, a decent amount for being at like the back half of this album. Um, he made a couple of references that were like fucking awesome. I want to find the lyrics just so I can have the thought in my mind. Um, the shit dripping on the Bojacks with no napkins. Just made one take, no acting. Uh, already traveled back and forth, different galaxies, no capping. Um, staring uh, at the captain, a young Eric Clapton. All white B7 uh, Alpina when they see me lapped in. Money green sweatsuit made a champion champion. Um, just like the reference to fucking Eric Clapton, like sent me. Yeah, I also love like Bronson has a tendency to twist words to rhyme to fit his needs rather than changing his needs to fit rhymes. Yeah, he's he's rapped like a I forget exactly where it was, but he raps like a word ending in O with handle. Yeah, the way he says handle is a handle, and you're like fuck yeah, like a Mac Eleven handle. Yeah. So yeah, he the way he is just pronunciation of things is beautiful. Um, finally, hard target again, kind of rounding everything out. Makes a reference to Mayhem Loren in your mom's kitchen, like Ving Rhames. Wait, who is Ving Rhames? Ving Rhames is um, big black guy who passed away recently. Big black actor. Um, he was like in. Oh um, yeah, yeah. In the he's not. Um, Oh no, Vin Rains is still alive. It's Michael Clark Duncan died. How did you get those two mixed up? Because they're both enormous black actors. Okay. Look up Michael Clark so, Duncan and then Bing Rains. I know who I can picture both of them. I just don't know why Bing Rains is famous. Yeah. Um, and he's also referenced like quite a bit in rap. Bing Rains, yes. He's like a he's a very he's like a blues jazz guy. Like he's like come out and be like always talking about music and shit. Um, but that rounded everything out, having Mayhem, um, you know, a part of just a, a one or two. I think Mayhem should be credited for Hard Target, but I don't think he is. Yeah. He's in, I think he's in that song. I think they also, they there's a way to credit people without giving them a feature. Yeah. And I think they do that a lot so that they still get the royalties, but they don't. Because they're not necessarily like I think a feature is reserved for like if you have a verse. Yes. Um, so that's I mean that's what I had on um, on uh, only for dolphins. I'm running out of steam because I'm just really like upset with Celtics and tired. But um, do you want to do top five real quick? Serial killers. Yeah. I'm gonna have to like look a couple up. Actually, I can try off the top of my head with what I, the two seasons of Mindhunter I've watched, but. 
Um, yeah, I have. I've been doing some research uh, while you were expounding on the Bronson album because I didn't listen to it quite as much as you did. Um, but yeah, um, I also there's one person in there who I have to double check on the name, but it's not technically a serial killer. But I think you when I say it, I think you will agree that it is uh, almost worse. Potentially. Jesus. Okay. Um, so this is top five serial killers. Also, if we want to go back, listen to Bronson. Bronson is back with this album. Like it's uh, he. Big time. I back. feel like he turned a couple people off um, of, you know, like with blue chips and white bronco. But he is all the way back. That even if you don't have time to listen to the entire album, just watch the Latin Grammys music video. The '80s strongman competition with Bronson's face superimposed onto these big guys. It's great. So give it a listen. Yeah. And also give all the other music a listen to, except for Tory Lanez, maybe, because that guy yeah. stinks. And he's Don't short. I think we should start shaming short people. Yes. Yeah. I'm on team shame short people. As a perfectly average adult male. Yeah. Shame short people. Um, all right. I will just start right off with my number five. Again, not a serial killer, but... Almost as bad. The Boston Tickler, who used to break <laughs> into people's homes and tickle their feet in the middle of the night. <laughs> so he didn't kill anyone. So you've already started off a hot start that the serial killers. <laughs> this isn't a serial tickler. I think that's equally as horrifying. <laughs> the mental games that would play with you if you just... And then you would start waking up in your sleep to like phantom tickles, and he'd be like, "I swear to God, he was here again." It would drive you insane. <laughs> but yeah, it was in Boston, and it was the like vicinity of BC, which is the um, Bunker Hill area. Um, I think that I might have just made that up. There's a hill. Um, but so yeah, what, at what or what like time frame is that? Like, this is this was in 2014. Excuse me. Yeah. Police report at least ten sightings of the so-called tickler. At least three students report having encountered him on the same night. There is no myth," said Sergeant Michael O'Hara. "It's happening." Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. I thought my roommate had fallen down the steps, but then he started yelling. I got up and he said that he had woken up to someone touching his feet. <laughs> um, I think that's so funny. <laughs> I'm also like looking at serial killers. No, I'm trying to kill some time for you. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. So, um, <laughs> ooh, um, my, if you are doing one that's not a, a serial killer, uh, I will, I will do one. Um, that's not really a serial killer. This was in the news very recently, um, being like yesterday. A, um, I don't can't remember their names, but it's, I would say uh, this dude um, up in New Hampshire, um, around the Keene area of New Hampshire, um, caught his wife cheating on him with a younger man. And, like, suspected it for a while. And so he killed the younger man and forced his wife 
to saw off the man's head. Oh. And so, so that they could bury the body. And so they went into the woods, cut the guy's head off, buried the head, and then brought the body back to their house. And that's when, like, people found, like, the neighbors found the body. And then they went searching in the woods and found the head. Um, but that happened, like, the other day. Yeah. Um, I actually, I don't think I heard about that, but um, I did see something the other day. It might have been um, in relation to that, but it was, like, a Reddit thread that was, like, <clears throat> it was, like, best methods of hiding a body. Oh, I think that's the best thing. You you lop off the guy's head, so he you. (coughs) No, it was it was this this thread was um concerningly detailed with uh, some of the suggestions. Like one of them was that you should bury uh the body like standing up because police like helicopters and search teams look for six feet of disturbed uh soil but yeah. they won't look for just that. Then they also said, like, bury a dead animal just under the surface on top of the body so that they'll start digging and then find the animal and think that the dogs just smelled the animal. And concerningly specific, but also potentially useful in the future. <clears throat> I like that. You never right, know not- when you need to... I'm going to steal uh, your... I think this might be on your list, but Ed Kemper. I know. I'm so sorry, but I love love the actor that would do Ed Kemper. First of all, he is also in um, the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, fantastic. The the actor, not Ed Kemper. (laughs) I picked Ed Kemper specifically for the purpose of him burying people's heads in the backyard, all staring up at his mother's window. The spite of that, just the pure spite and hatred that that takes Mom. to get to that point is an impressive level and he something should... that I think that we should actually celebrate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, sheer determination yes. and stick to <laughs> Um No, I love Ed Comfort. His story when he talks about the, in the Mindhunter and everything. So he also, yeah, the continual spite for his dead mother he kills his mother and chops her head off with like uh like an axe or like a blunt object and proceeds to um fillet himself with his dead mother's head and yet he still goes and continues to kill and bury the heads that face upward towards his mother's window and everything like in the there are like the real recordings that they based mindhunter on um, as they talked with Ed Kemper, like in the seventies and eighties, the actor plays it so well. He is like so deadpan in those recordings and being like, and then I filleted myself with my mother's, uh, severed head. And, uh, I, you know, that's what I did. And I remember watching it and being like, wow, this actor's great. But then I heard the recordings and I'm like, that's actually how he talked. He was just like, yes. Yeah. And then I proceeded to fillet myself. There's more, he was, more talks more like, and then I can turn, I continue to polite myself. My and he was like so calm and like it, just a terrifying, like that's someone where <clears throat> if he came through my Starbucks, 
he would pull away and I would turn to someone and I'd go, that guy is a serial killer. Killer is a serial killer, yeah. 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 I've met some kids that I'm like, serial killer. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're doing what to your cat? <laughs> that's, how he, that's how Ed started. Yeah. Uh, my number four um, is the Green River Killer, also known as Gary Ridgeway. Okay. So Gary, Gary Ridgeway um, is considered the most prolific United States serial killer. Okay. He was uh, <coughs> initially convicted for having 48 separate murders. And um, as part of his plea bargain, another conviction was added, bringing the total up to 49. He sooner or later continued to confess to over uh, around 75 murders. Wow. Between the 1980 and 1990, um, all in Washington. He preferred young girls and women the um, state of washington yes because wasn't that bundy as well wasn't bundy as well yeah bundy was maybe following in his but footsteps bundy or? also went to multiple bundy started in washington but also was like down in like florida yeah yeah yeah. he, but, was, yeah. he was traveling greenway green uh, river killer it's based it's unconfirmed they have confirmed 49 of them but he has confessed to 75 different names yeah which is um, bananas yeah. My number three is Ted Cruz. Yes. The Zodiac. Definite killer. Zodiac, <laughs> dead eyes, soft smile, everything. Yeah. Um, seems really good at making up stories that on the surface uh, seem realistic. But then once you think about them a little bit, you're like, um, some of that didn't add up, Ted. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we are actually. This is our coming out as officially not endorsing Ted Cruz. Um, and sort of we group. are team Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer. Yes, firmly. For real. Zodiac killer yeah. still not found. Yeah. Um, also, great movie. Ted Cruz. Robert Downey yeah. Jr. And Fantastic. Mark Ruffalo. Yes. Both before um, uh, before the Avengers. Yes. Imagine how different that movie would have been if they were uh, Iron Man and, mm. and Bruce Banner. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like like Bruce and I like the Hulk and Iron Man trying to solve a murder. And doing it like sloppily. Like ego, egos get in the way. Oh, yeah. I'm the smartest scientist. That would be those are that we need a series of movies that's just like the Avengers doing normal shit. Yeah. Um, my number three is um, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Yep. He's not as as huge as uh, the Green River Killer, but it was in LA during also like the crack epidemic. He was his nickname was the Night Stalker, and he would just like. He had no, um, he was like one of the few people, few serial killers that had no like um, type. Yeah. He would, if like he caught you in like walking down the streets of LA, like alone, he would just kill you. Yeah. And like drag your body and throw you in the trash. He has about like 13, convi- like 13 confirmed bodies, <clears throat> but like the brutality that he had to. And again, like him just like literally like, being like, yeah, I'll just do it anyway. He's like, I just want to kill for fun. Just fucking, just a normal night. And a badass, well, uh, one of the very few uh, Hispanic serial killers, too. They're yeah. usually creepy white guys. Yeah. 
they it's almost like there's like a theme among white guys he was cool he dressed he had like a jerry curl and always wore like sunglasses he kind of looked like easy e in the <laughs> 80s maybe it was easy maybe he still he he um i don't think he's gotten the death sentence yet but uh he had an interview in like 2013 and he was just like 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 ed kemper like completely just calm and confident just like yeah like i just like killing here i go again killing Classic Richard Ramirez. Wow. Yeah. Um, my number two is the Golden State Killer. For no other reason than it has brought me... Like, the whole saga has been so fantastic that... Like, it, it's... It, that is, like, a... A significant person in my life, kind of. Yeah. In that, like... I had posters of them on my wall growing up. Um, but then the book came out and then I was like, whoa, yeah. No, um, just it's like fascinating. I find the whole saga with like Patton Oswalt's wife and everything to be fascinating. And like yeah. the, it being unsolved for so long. And then it ended up being like a former police officer and like just like fucking weird shit. And yeah, yeah. So that's now, that like, is that is like one of the like when I found out all the shit and specifically with like Patton Oswalt's like yeah. to it, I was like holy shit like this yeah. is wacky it's such a it's such a tale like it's just like a it almost sounds fake some of it but yeah yeah he was also talk about prolific that guy was doing the raping yeah doing the raping <laughs> um my we no, are also just just to be very clear we are anti rape on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> we don't condone rape. Uh, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to sing the lyrics that were popped into my head real quick. Um, my number two. Whoa. My number two is uh, Mr. Dahmer. Yep. Sheerly for um, his ideological thinking um, yes. to killings that he needed to cleanse people of their sins yeah. um and make them uh sex slave zombies yeah he would drill holes into their head and then put like acid in there to be like i'll control them so that they don't do anything bad and they just have sex with me and every single time he's like hmm, that no maybe it was just too much acid that time <laughs> or maybe i drilled the hole just too big in their brain <laughs> it's uh, like at a certain point when you're testing out a theory at what point does like going over twenty? Uh, yeah. Do you start being like, well, maybe this isn't. Maybe he, my theory is off base. <laughs> he's one of the few people on like the list of serial killers where it's like his motive wasn't like psychological. I mean, it kind of was, but like it wasn't like I hated my mom, so I'm killing women the yeah. same age as, as I killed my mom. It was like he thought that there was a problem in the world <laughs> and he was going to solve it by killing people. He was like, one day he was like, you know what? I got an idea. Guys, yeah. hold I've on been, to the pants because. <laughs> I've been working on this for, I've been workshopping this idea for a little bit and I just want to test it um, with, you know, a, 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 a study group to see how <laughs> it pans out. I'm thinking of drilling holes into men, you know. A eighteen to you know twenty six and put an acid up in there, <laughs> and we'll just kind of we're gonna see roll her. with the results, see what happens. Yeah. But I I'm, have a I'm, pretty good feeling they're gonna become sex slave zombies. Yeah. 
I'm thinking that, you know, I'm just going to cleanse them of their sins. And if, you know, they want to, uh, you know, fool around or something. They want to do a little sucky sucky. Who's, Who's to, to say? say? Who's to Who's say? say? You're number one. <laughs> my number one. So there were a couple floating around in my mind, but. We can obviously have all the honorable mentions in the world. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Butcher of Hanover. And there's a very specific reason. This gentleman uh, was killing younger boys in the between the period of 1918 to 1924 in none other than Germany. Yes. Now, this means that he was actually ahead of schedule and was taking out future SS soldiers. So I think that history should look kindly upon that man. They should not look kindly upon him raping and sexually abusing those kids, but he was significantly depleting the forces of the Nazi regime. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he had all the right intentions, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I would definitely concur. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any questioning that. Um... <laughs> Damn. Um, no, that's an excellent one. Um, so my uh, number one, maybe a little uh, controversial, if you will. Um, he's technically not considered a serial killer, but uh, a terrorist, an American terrorist that has killed multiple people kind of in the same way, same vein as a serial killer. It is none other than Theodore John Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Ooh. Uh, I'm, I have been so fascinated with him. I watched a documentary about, like, how he did it all. Yeah. And specifically, like, it will always, always stick in my brain. There's, like, a shot of, like, them finding where Kaczynski, like, did everything. And it was literally, like, a, sh a literal, like, outhouse-looking shack in the middle of nowhere and they didn't want to like remove so much because his little shack was so condensed with bullshit yeah. that they were like, we're just literally going to pick up his shack in a helicopter, like, like hook and move it and go from, I believe they're out in the, like the, the West, like in the forests of either Montana or Washington or Idaho. And they picked it up and brought it all the way into California to like test all while Ted Kaczynski was still on the run. It wasn't <laughs> like they caught him at his shit. They just like, he was like, he came home and his shack was gone. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But he made like all these bombs out of like these intricate wood, like wooden puzzle boxes. And a lot of the times people died, but from um, like secondary, like, like like the secondary violence. Yeah. He made bombs that were small enough that they wouldn't kill anyone, but he put like nails and like yep. wood shrapnel. pieces and shrapnel in it. Expecting to just hurt people severely, but a lot of the times the bombs would go off and whoever opened it and whoever was in like a six foot radius would die because of like shrapnel being like launched into their throat and shit. Um just everything. He his his mug shot is hysterical. If you remember the guy that the um, like, what was his name? Goldberg from Mighty Ducks, the kid. Yep. Remember yep. when he got, like, up on meth? 
Yep. Kaczynski looks the exact same way. Hell yeah. Look, looks like a meth head. It's awesome. Um, I don't, I gotta look into the Unibobber some more. I think it's a I, documentary. Yeah. If you want to look it up, well, not even a documentary. It's like a, like a biopic where it's like yeah. actors and everything. And it's yeah. very dramatically shot. It's awesome. Um, I do have to say just a quick aside that, um, uh, the FBI agent in my software is going to be concerned with my recent. Oh yeah. Same. Like real, real concerned. Good thing um, I'm not doing this on like, a, like a, my work computer. Yeah. Um, so I if just, we want to go down other ones, Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper is a good one. Famous. No uh, one touched John Wayne Gacy. I don't. Color. It's a little too. Uh, that's too like on the nose for me. Yeah. I don't know. Like I wanted to be able to like kind of make fun of these and like find like a little tidbit that I could kind of make fun of or something, but. <clears throat> Yeah, um, he was just like dressing up as a clown and then raping kids that he was entertaining. Yeah, and then killing them and hiding them in the basement. Um, Dennis Rader, the BTK, BTK killer. Yep. Um, I want to try to find exactly. Um, son of Sam. Son of Sam was a good one. David Berkowitz. Yeah, yep. talking about how his dog he his dog turned to into a demon and told him to kill like his dad or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's I don't. That would automatically be my first. If I was a serial killer, I'd just be like, yeah, I'd, I'd just start making shit up. Uh, BT stand, BTK stands for bind. I kill. Yeah, torture kill. Oh, torture. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but uh, BTK, Harold, just a quick, again, aside, they started season two of Mindhunter with BTK and they transitioned and they never wrapped up that storyline. They were meant to do it like a lot like more. And... and and then also, I guess season three of Mindhunter keeps getting pushed back. And it's like, I need, I need the culmination of that yeah. story. Um, <clears throat> I think it's Harold Shipman, otherwise known yeah. as Dr. Death, the guy that euthanized yeah. all, like, like a lot of people. It was like, wasn't it like 440? It was like an undocumented, amount. yes. Yeah. Like, like he told people I, that's how much it was. If if we're talking sheer numbers, you got a respect of yeah. of four hundred, you know. Yeah. Um, Joel Rifkin, otherwise known as the Central Park Strangler, solid one. Yeah, he uh, also I would I knew of him because of Seinfeld because there's a character that Elaine dates called Joel Rifkin. <laughs> they go to a Yankees game and like. Something that would never happen in a Yankees game. It comes over the loudspeaker like Joel Rifkin to the ticket office. Joel Rifkin, and everyone in the whole stadium goes like, "The Central Park Stranglers here!" <laughs> they all freak out. It was perfect writing. Um, John but, Wayne Gacy, or no, John Wayne Gacy was, uh, yeah. H.H. Holmes was one that I found that I was impressed just because he bought a hotel. And then turned it into a torture castle, which yeah. is just like that is that's married to the game. That's a, that's you know? he's based off of, um, or they based the character and like basically the entire se season five of American Horror Story Hotel off of H.H. Holmes. Really, there's a hotel where everyone just dies in. Okay, that's good. Uh, Charlie Manson. Yep, I was gonna say Charles Manson. 
Um, Bobby, little Bobby Durst. Ooh, the Jinx. Yeah. Little yeah. Bobby, Bobby Durst. Little Bobby Durst. Well, uh, implicating himself on a hot mic. In, in, in a urinal. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. They got you now, Robert. They got you. <laughs> That's how I want to go out. I just want to like be taking a piss and just like blow my cover. Yeah, just like on a hot mic. I um, there is nothing better, I think, in the world than hot mic fuck ups. Aileen Werno, she's the one that Charlize Theron um, plays in that movie. She just like kills like a bunch of men. She's like this weird looking. She has no eyebrows. I love that. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I kind of got. I feel like we've exhausted our, our serial killer knowledge. Yeah. The, yep. And this now makes me want to go watch like a, the, like a serial killer documentary. Yeah, 100%. I wish I hadn't watched Zodiac recently because I would have, I would watch that again. Yeah. Um, I did go see Tenet last night. Yeah. How was it? Very good. Um, Plotline was a little confusing, partially, I think, because I got there late and then I had to pee like, no, I got there late because I was working and it was a, I got out of work at 1030 and it was a 1040 show time because it was the only one around. Um, And so I had to kind of scramble to get there and I missed maybe like a, I missed like the opening sequence and then I had to go to the bathroom a couple of times. So um, it's a long movie visually very impressive the soundtrack is very good i don't did travis scott do the soundtrack or did he just like help with it i'm assuming he helped with it i don't think that that yeah. i don't think christopher nolan's going to just be like hey Travis, cactus jack you want to do the whole thing but it was like uh you could tell that his hands were kind of in it it was a very like futuristic like oh, yeah. um kind of cool production soundtrack um like that and then there were a couple points. It was a little difficult to understand because there was a lot of like Christopher Nolan loves to create an idea at the beginning of a movie and then just sort of not explain it at all and then make yeah. you figure it out, um, which is fine. But then there were also like I don't know if it was the volume in the theater or the mixing or what it was, but there were a couple of times where I like genuinely couldn't understand what was being said, like whether it was like accents or whatever, just the dialogue was yeah. muffled. So it's just sort of like, I'm excited to go back and watch it a second time. How is Robert Pattinson in it? Very good. And I, there's, I really like him now. Ben hit me with a conspiracy theory last night about it, and I, it blew my mind. Yeah, don't tell me because I, I want to see it soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely go see it. It's, a, it's worth seeing in theaters for sure. Right. Because uh, I recently just watched a movie with him in it, um, The Devil All the Time. It's on Netflix. It's got Tom Holland in it. Yeah, and Robert Pattinson. That was a good movie. The yeah. Devil All the Time. Um, I if we got nothing else, um, I want to sign off. I want. I don't know if I have time for Warzone in me, but I probably have time for Among Us. We could play some Among Us. Dude, you if, fell asleep the other night during Among oh, Us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was, was I like snoring on the mic? No, you weren't. <laughs> okay. I know, but I know. I for for real, I passed out playing it. <laughs> And I woke up at like six in the morning, like headphones still on, TV on. I'm like, where am I? I opened up my phone to check what time it was, and the Among Us game was still open. Like I never left. Dickie and I had a bunch of fun that game. There was, uh, it was OJ Simpson was one of the uh, imposters, and I we Dicky was the first person killed, so he just told me immediately. Yeah, and then uh, we ended up just going after them, and then. 
they I was like, yo, it's OJ Simpson. And then they started coming after me, and I was like, no, 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 no. This yeah. is not how this goes. Iceberg, Samson. We didn't talk good. about any Big Brother at all. No. No, we didn't. We okay with that. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, um, this has been Jackson. Keep it sleazy, and I'm out. This has been Duncan. Peace out, you cool cats and kittens, and happy belated to Jackson. Thank you, Bubs. Celtics forever and always. Only facts, I will shoot.